Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of... Podcast episode one seventy six. What's going on, bro? Dude, stoked, stoked, man. I don't know how you um, how you landed this uh, this interview, but uh, you know, I'm impressed. Oh yeah, man. I mean, dude. After all, we are the premier street art podcast, man. I mean, we've been featured kind of on the uh, late late show now, thanks to our friend uh, Nick Bernstein, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Dude, you that was what? I love. One of the reasons why I love that guy is because of follow through. You know what I mean? Like when I was talking to him on the show last week, um, you know, I said, Hey, you know, I'm going to make you an offer. Don't worry about it. You don't have to do it. You know, if you don't want to this and the other, you know, and I, dude, you know, and I've made that offer to a lot of people and a lot of people, they just don't follow through, you know? Yeah. Um, but lo and behold, you know, he <laughs> emailed me back and I love the little idea that he came up with. Mm. Um, and one of the reasons the why I love it, um yeah sure yeah i'll play the clip real quick just just uh because some people don't know last week we had um nick bernstein who's the senior vice president of cbs uh for late night basically right late night programming for west coast yes yeah on the show and uh first of all i thought it was so funny that we were talking about graffiti and street art and then we brought up the billboards when we were talking about and it was tagged all over the cbs i know right (laughs) (laughs) sorry But, you know, like you said, CVS doesn't own any more billboards. So I thought that was cool. Uh, So, uh, and and like I said, I feel like we gave Nick some street cred, man. Like, you you know what I mean? Dude, we we made them counterculture. You know what I mean? We're (laughs) counterculture creators. Okay. That's what we are. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I love that, man. So here's the clip real quick from, uh, you know, when they mentioned, uh, you know, the, the graffiti that teacher did basically. Has everybody seen the graffiti outside the studio? Have you seen this? Did you see this on your way in? Have we got a photo of it? Nick, but I was right. Look at that. That is graffiti. (laughs) To be clear, that's not inside Television City. That's out on the road on Beverly Boulevard. (laughs) And look, and it says there is no junior vice president. This is yeah. insane, Nick. Yeah. What's going on? Do you know who did this? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I did, uh, <laughs> uh, the, first of all, they prefer the term street art, not graffiti. Uh, <laughs> because, and I know that only because I did a podcast with, uh, with a couple of street artists, and this was, I think, <laughs> their gift to me. I love it. I actually love it. It's Beautiful. awesome. We're counterculture now. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I love said, that, man. We are counterculture creators now. I love that, man, because first of all, I was just like... <laughs> James Corden said himself, like, hey, man, he loved it. Like, you, you know what I mean? So the, that, that's super cool, man. And, uh, you know, we appreciate, uh, you know, like you said, Nick doing the follow through, man. And, uh, hey, I got the uh, even the simple thing. You know what I mean? He emailed me back. You know, what do you want? And one of the reasons why I love this was because, you know, if you don't understand what it's about, you might not. You might think, oh, it, maybe it's about, you know, Kamala Harris or something like that, you know? <laughs> And, and, you know, but I, I love think that. About that. Yeah. I think about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, Most I of the like time that. I'm trying to make sense to as many people as possible. You know what I mean? Trying to get my message, you know, out there to as many people. But this time it was like, yeah, I don't care. It was kind of nice. My daughter, my daughter came in when I was cutting the, the thought bubble stencil. Yeah. And she looked at it and she read it and she laughed. You know, which made me laugh because, you know, there's no way she knew what the hell was going yeah, on. Yeah, sure, that. sure, But sure. it just sounded funny to her, you know, as an 11 and a half year old kid, you know, so. Yeah, and you know what? I got a lot of uh, feedback from some members of our uh, listener audience that was saying, it's like, hey, man, Nick, what a fucking nice guy for a network executive, man. Like, you always yeah. think about, like, network executives having to be, like, some, like, button-up motherfucker, slick back hair with, like, you know, some cutthroat Well, you know what? Uh, you, Through you know? Our, our interview with him, you know, we discovered that that dude worked his way up, you know, yeah. from the beginning as a page and everything. So um, that just gave me t- even more respect for him, you know, because I was going to ask him at some point, um, you know, along the way, as, as nice as possible, of course, if, if this was, like, some kind of a nepotism thing or if he just kind of fell into this job or something like that. But, no, dude earned it. You know what yeah. I mean? That dude earned it. He has put himself in situations and done traveling. He, remember when he said he traveled to like 40 states, hanging yeah. out and visiting with friends and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Those kind of things make you very interesting and give you great stories, you know? Yeah, Help yeah. you to relate. It helps you to relate to so many different types of people. Yeah, that, that's one thing I really thought about, too, because he, I thought I felt like it was cool that we kind of talked about, you know, uh, like everybody wants more exposure and wants more, like, you know, for whatever projects they're doing. But then I, I I mean, during our conversation, that pop culture, counterculture thing, I mean, I was really thinking like, you know, about the things and activities and the artistic direction I pursue. And it's like, none of the things that I actually do are really for like mainstream pop culture America. And I'm proud of that. You know, I mean, I'm, I've never like been like, hey, like I, I, I want to get on the like tonight show or anything like that so i mean it was just good to have that little crossover first of all you know you know what i mean because like i i never imagined myself like just like talking to a network executive and i was just thinking like do we have anything that we do that would i I could pitch to uh, to nick in terms of projects that would fit the mainstream i was like damn not really (laughs) (laughs) right and then but that speaks for something because it's like hey this show really isn't about hey we're trying to get as many you know viewers as possible or anything like it's about you know what we're doing what we think is cool what the la street art culture we're just gonna is going to concentrate on doing what we do and, exactly you know let the rest take care of itself you know the people that often you know let's talk about that for a second because i think a lot of people like get frustrated saying like hey man i released music or i uh put something out and it's not getting so many views and it's like why am i <clears throat> you, you why know, are people like, not supporting me yeah yeah or or it's also like you know what's the point of doing this if like it's not really getting the exposure i want it to you, you ever hear people like kind of like worry about that sure. teach 
like what what do you what do you what do you think about that first of all i'm just saying like when well i mean everyone has their own you know means and and reasons for for doing things you know especially when it comes to doing graffiti and street art Mm -hmm. you know originally it started out for me as kind of an activist type thing um then you know it just kind of turned in as turned into a therapeutic thing you know yeah and at some point it's like okay well um you know uh if there's people that want to buy some of the things that i've done i should you know offer that capability to them yeah you know which you know some people have that same path other people have different paths and people just get into it to get exposure and to you know and to make money um but uh you know i don't necessarily think that's a wrong thing to do you know yeah yeah um there's a hell of a lot worse things (laughs) as far as you know businesses um people trying to make money um of course, a lot of worse things going on with with the, that type of thing, but um, yeah, I, I don't think that uh, you know, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, for me, it's more just like just for your own mental health. A lot of times, especially artists, I feel like you know, um, it's hard not to worry about what how other people are perceiving like your work, or if other people are looking at your work, or if there's enough like you know kind of like foot traffic or internet foot traffic right but it's kind of like if you worry so much about that you're kind of like always being like hey how am i doing how am i doing kind of like in 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 your mind you're gonna take a a lot of energy and you're gonna put it you're basically putting it in the wrong direction exactly you can take that energy and put it towards what you're doing and try to make it better better and um yeah that's actually what i've been trying to focus on um more really um because I'll be honest with you, you know, there's, uh, I, I went through a while where I was letting, you know, people, things that people say affect the things that I was producing. Mm. You know? and, and then I had a couple of different managers that wanted me to do this and that. And it was kind of like, ah, you know, that didn't necessarily what I want to do. And so, you know, lately I've just been doing what the hell I want to do. Like recently I've been putting these dogs out on the, uh, oh, yeah, out on yeah, the street. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And tomorrow I'm actually going to be putting out uh, these two little guys. This is Bart and this is Rose. Um, <laughs> and uh, actually, this will be the the last one of the blue ones. Uh, his name's Droopy. See, Droopy. <laughs> That's because his ear. For those of you who can't see, his uh, his left ear uh, kind of droops over. For the kids um, that don't know, Droopy used to be a cartoon. I don't know. There's, I'm just. That's like a, you know. <laughs> yeah, the dog. Or two cartoon man. Like kids made that watch that. It's too violent these days. But um, oh, you're talking about another one then? Okay. Well, you know, he like at some point, you know, somebody would come out with a mallet and smack someone in the head. Like I'm talking about the same droopy dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, um, but yeah, much so- more violent back in those days. Yeah, Tom and Jerry and and uh, yeah, Wiley Coyote and, and um, so you put Elmer's out Fudd blowing their blowing the heads off and blowing their the bills around on the ducks with guns and stuff. So you put out a um, uh, you put it out already, basically. Um, well, I've, I've put out uh, three different pairs, and um, you know, I've got uh, three or four more different pairs. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I'm awesome, going to Do not keep this guy waiting, man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what a treat, man. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. Let's dance to the song. Welcome, Cornbread. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Mr. McRae. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Very, I very nice. I said Mr. McRae first because happening, that's brother? just because of, you know, all the research and everything I've done, which your original name was. I don't, you know, I didn't want to be calling you uh, your famous name just yet until I have permission. <laughs> you, had a real, you had a real familiar face like I had seen you somewhere before. Do we know each other? <laughs> you know what? My Dude, if you are that good with, <laughs> I saw you actually at the, uh, you know what? Let me just go ahead and grab this now while I have it. Um, you're uh, here for the, uh, the oh, wall riders. Oh, okay. And I, I got what, one of these. Uh, one one of thing these I books. don't do. One thing I don't do. I may forget your name. I don't forget faces. Man. Yeah. No, you don't, man. No, you don't. And then yeah. you know what? You might have also seen me in one of the galleries where um, I believe one of the artists had made a, uh, a a car, a train car, and they had you spray paint uh, cornbread. Um, it was a wooden one. It was a wooden one, and it was at the. Um, uh, Bruce Lurie Gallery. That's right. And that's right. You're not good with names and everything, but that's another time I may have seen you. So, but I was never said, hi, uh, Cornbread, my name is teacher or anything like that. We just saw your face. So that's an amazing memory, man. But thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's uh, dude, it is an honor. Um, my pleasure. Uh, just for those of you who are listening, um, this is, uh, this is Daryl McRae, also known as uh, Cornbread. The legend of legends. One of the, um, I shouldn't say one of the, the, the original. Um, Thank you, sir. The original uh, graffiti writer from Philadelphia um, who brought the, his way of doing graffiti to New York and, you know, helped them to, to develop uh, a whole new way instead of just like gangs marking their territory. Um, you know, this man went citywide with his own name. Um, now if, uh, if you don't mind, um, I mean, I know the story, but, uh, I, I'd love to hear it from you, um, is, uh, first of all, how old were you when, uh, when you went to, uh, the, the center, um, well, YDC? Or, yes, sir. The YDC. How old were you when you went there? And, I was, uh, I was 10. I, I went there. I was 10 in September and I turned 11 in November. And why did you go there? I had a whole bunch of charges, man. I, I had a defined disorder, you know. Um, at age I 10? Have, yeah. I didn't have... You got started early. Yeah. Okay, so you said you were 10 years old, and I was... I'm, I'm sorry. I have twin 11-year-olds. You know what I mean? And I'm just trying to imagine, you know, what I would have done to them if <laughs> they had been doing well, 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 what you were doing to be benefit. set off already by the age of 10. <laughs> Well, without the benefit of a father figure in my house, I pretty much marched the beat of my own drum. My grandparents, highly religious, God-fearing individuals, and there are seven days in the week, and that seven days we stayed at church, at least four. And I okay. church. I dread this in the prophet cherry sermons, sending them the Sabbath day all through the week. It was a bit much. You I know? understand you there, man. That'll get you a little anxious, ready to do something. What I love about the church the most was when I walked to church, I got to walk through the different neighborhoods. Well, then I, I see the bars, I seen the go-go girls, I seen the shoe shine, I got in the shoe shine box, I seen the hustles, the pimps, the whores, and I seen the street life. And I was awed by the street life. Now, were you at, at age 10, how big were you? Did you look, I mean, because you're a big guy. You're a big guy. I'm How big were you by age 10? I've, I've, I've always been a small built guy. 
I've always been a small build guy. I'm going to join you. Huh? I'm going to join you in smoking right now. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> it wasn't until I got on drugs. Um, I stopped going back and forth to jail. Mm. And I stopped picking up weight. Okay. And I used to be a real small, a little small puny guy. But I think I thought that was the thing to do. Two X. The two X is not my natural size. When I came back to my natural size, oh, my clothes are too big for me. I see. I see. I, guess. I, got, I, got, I got so many clothes that's too big for me, man. <laughs> All right. So when you were at the, at the detention center, um, how, did, uh, how did you get your name? Well, C unit is the smartest, youngest, is a unit for the young guys. And a lot of times, C unit was not all the time, but many times we were last ones to eat. And a lot of times we got to the cafeteria and went to the buffet line. Um, the bread would be kind of stale or kind of hard sitting out, you know. And all I could think about was my grandmom's moist cornbread she used to make all the time. I love the mm. cornbread. In fact, Mm. I love me some good cornbread too. And when she made the cornbread, she made two pots. Here. She made a plan for the family. And she made a plan for me. On the windowsill. And I used to get out of line and go to the back of the kitchen and ask the workers who was um who was in charge here. They said Mrs. Swanson's in charge. I said, where can I find Mr. Swanson? There's his office right there. So I walked to his office and knocked on the door and he said, Where is it? Come on in. I comes and I said, How you doing, Mr. Swanson? He said, I'm a busy person. What can I do for you? I said, Mr. Swanson, my grandma made the best cornbread in the world. And I was wondering would you consider putting some cornbread on the menu? Because a lot of times when see you to get to the cafeteria, the bell, the, the bread be kind of stale, kind of hard. He said, man, if you get the fuck out of my kitchen, I got time for this bullshit. Take a walk. Take a walk. So I tried to talk to him. He said, look, I'm a busy person. Don't let me get up. Get out of my kitchen. So I left. Two days later, I came back to his kitchen again. I said, Mr. Swanson, let's just talk about some cornbread. I seen why I was agitated. I was good on his nerves. And I was really, you know, get underneath his skin. He said, man, if you don't get the fuck out of my face talking this cornbread shit, it's going to be something. All right? Man, get the fuck out of my kitchen. Don't come back here again. And I see how I was really get, getting under the skin, right? So a couple of days later, I came back to the kitchen again. So when the kitchen worker see me, he said, Mrs. Swanson, your boy here. He said, my boy, who my boy? I turned around, your boy cornbread. He said, <laughs> you, come here, man. Come here. I walked up to him. He just gripped me up. He said, I'm so tired of your shit. Let's go. Let's go. He had me gripped up, manhandling me, take me out to the cafeteria where everybody's eating at the tables. He says to my counselor, Mr. Love, keep this cornbread out my kitchen. And threw me on the floor. I slid on the floor. I said, Damn, Mr. Swanson, you kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of rough there. And everybody started laughing at me, you know? And I'm going to tell you, man, um, nobody has better nicknames than gang members. And Everybody started teasing me, start calling me cornbread. Mm. I was not a bit embarrassed, not at all. They want to call me cornbread. I go back unit. I get back to my unit. I write cornbread in the back of my shirt. The whole institution called me cornbread. Oh now I used to read. Now I used to read a lot of poetic uh, poetry books, 
but that my sister sent me. Um, I retain a lot of words that my brother used when he used to write love letters to his girlfriends. He had a lot of girlfriends and write love letters to his girlfriends. And I was marveled at the words that he used. And I retained that. And I um, and mixed that up with the love that I mean, the poetry books that I read. So the gang members would like write letters to their girlfriends. I said, here, check this out. And I would be spilling some hard promises in the game. Oh, cool, but I like this, man. I said, you can get that, man. I need, I need that two, two can sodas, two bag of chips, and two candy bars. You got it. Dude. So, so I that was like money, money in the bank. Man, that was that was my hustle, man. That was my hustle. I wrote letters for all the gang members. I mean, a lot of the guys, man, you know, a lot of guys. So every, every time I see their names written on the walls in jail and uh, YDC, I write cornbread racks to them real big cornbread. Mm. They never said anything because we busted enough. I'm writing letters for them. We going back and forth talking good shit. You know, we cool like that. Every time I seen a gang member's name, I would write my name next to his real big. And this is how I familiarized myself with all the gangs in the city because we were young, the Youth Development Center. I mean, but it was not less than 10, 10 11, years 12 old, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and up real quick. I just start bombing YDC out. I just start bombing it out because the administration thought that was something creative. They thought I was trying to say something. They thought I had a message. They thought I was trying to convey and know how to how to convey my message. I was trying to I was trying to make a statement. Mm. So I had I had a lot of accolades. I had a lot of respect. I had a lot of special attention given to me. You know, and I liked that. And I kept writing cornbread all over YDC. I mean, I defaced the properties to the point where the administration got fed up with my dis disregard. And they approached me and gave me an ultimatum. Either you can clean this up, we're going to put your ass in a hole. I mean, they down talking in front of the gang members. And I can't bitch up. I put my hands up in the air. Take me to the fucking hole. Put me in a hole. Put me in a hole. So the gang members started applauding. Okay, bread. Okay, bread. You know, I'm down yeah. for my time. I go yeah. to the hole for a couple of days. You know, they know it wasn't. I mean, what I did was not simple behavior. You know, I say in a couple of days, they let me out. I resumed doing what I was doing. I started writing corn, but all over the place. I was rebellious. And I had people talking about me at YDC. So they referred me to see the psychiatrist. I go see the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist wanted to know what prompts me to deface the center. I said, you ain't seen shit yet. You ain't seen shit yet. When I get out of here, I'm gonna set the world on fire. You ain't seen shit. You gonna, you gonna hear about me. You gonna hear about me. What's that supposed to be? I can show you better, I can tell you. And then that felt. And I came home in 1967. We didn't use the word graffiti and we didn't use we didn't use the word hip hop. Mm. You know what? What, what word were you guys using? I'm, I'm asking you. I asked you a question. Oh, okay, okay. First, I asked you a question first. I'm, I'm just guessing it's writing, maybe, right? Graph, graffiti writing. No, we didn't use that either. Hmm. What was it? We didn't use anything because there was none. No, <laughs> Fuck. of course. It's that simple. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. There was none. Mm -hmm. The only graffiti you seen was written on the walls by gang members who wrote on walls to identify their truth. Mm. That's all you seen. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I came home in 1967, 
I start walking bus routes. They got buses at the depots that go into all different directions from every part of the city. I walked a different bus route every day, going and coming. Underground, elevated trains, the L's, the trolley, the trolley underground. And my paper, my, my the purpose for me to do that, I was the only person in the world who wrote his name on the walls for the sole purpose of establishing a reputation. You know who had, you know who, do you know who had reputations? And I wanted one too. Mm, the, the only person in the, the only person in the street who had reputations was gang members. Yep. Oh yeah. They had reputations for killing their rivals. Yep. But I knew all of them. I just write letters for when we were kids. Mm. And they all try to get me to join their gang. I'm not joining no gang. No, that's not what I do. That's <laughs> not. So you never you never became a part of any of the gangs. Oh, hell. Like he said he marched the beat of his own drum, man. I respect the man that does that, man. Like, Dude, that says I love a lot, that. though, man. During that time and and doing you what know, you were doing and everything. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the way I carried myself. Um, we were staying in church, man. We stayed in church, man, four days out of the week. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's a lot of moral was 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 and set up and it was established at a young age. And I'm not gonna like just, I'm not gonna write letters for these guys. I'm not gonna like represent no gang and try to stab somebody in the head and shoot you or beat you, beat you up for the sake of a gang or sake of a corner. I'm not that's what they do. That's not what I do. You right. know what I'm saying? You know, a lot like, of people, a lot of people think back on the 60s and the 70s and they think of it as a kind of a glossy, like flowery period. But I mean, it, the reality of it, especially in the black communities, man, like it, it was a it was a very tough time. Right. There was a lot of protests, a lot of parallels to what's going on right now, too. Right. Let me say something to you. It was more dangerous then than it is now. Wow. OK. OK. Great. Because the city of Philadelphia is a city of neighborhoods mm -hmm. and you can walk three, four blocks, and you're in a different gang turf. Mm. Can, Yikes. Can I, what, what part of Philadelphia um, did you grow up in? Was I was, um, I lived in Bewitown in North Philly, and I lived in South Philly, my father. Okay, okay. Just, just. But I, I, yeah, I, I, come up, I come up in Bewitown in North Philly. Okay. I, I'm just curious, like, you know, whatever our audience, they think of Philly, they think of like Philly cheesesteaks that we think of going, you, you know what I mean? Going to yeah. Pat's and Gina. We got, we, we, we got the best cheesesteaks <laughs> and the best hoagies in the world. You know, so let me ask you, do, do you do, like, we all would know that, you know, Pat's and Gino's is like a tourist spot. And actually one of the um, audience, I mean, one of the guests who's been on this podcast, his grandfather was actually the Oliveri family who actually brought the cheesesteak over to uh, America. You know, I mean, so we, we kind of yeah. I've always talked about cheesesteaks on this <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Man. Do, you, do you have a favorite cheesesteak spot? Um, you know, since you represent Philly so hard, man. Um, and there's a lot of good cheesesteaks in Philly, man. So I, yeah. I'm not. Yes, I'm not it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I, 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 I do the cheesesteak thing. Okay, yes, awesome, man. I, I love yeah. that, man. Okay, so uh, okay, cheesesteaks aside, man. I, I let's let's get back to <laughs> let's get back to talking Wait, about. I, I, have, I have a question for you okay. uh, for you, cornbread. Teach has got um, the book out, man. He's fanboy hard. <laughs> now this is hey, you know what can I say? Uh, by know, the way, this course. is uh, Wall Riders um, by uh, Roger Gassman. Um, for yes. those of you who are interested, Roger Gassman did a hell of a job bringing you know an incredible group of uh, graffiti writers together. Um, my question is. 
Roger I saw the story, and I I love the story about the uh, the crown that you put over uh, over cornbread because there was another guy yeah. that was riding along with you, and well, I, uh, tell that story about he how he wrote something, and then you're like, no, that ain't right. Right, right. Well, I came home in '67, and I started walking bus routes because I knew that um, the bus would carry a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people would read that name. And they've kept and they kept seeing it every day in different locations. It became a conversation piece. You went home, you talked about it. And the more they talked about it, the more I wrote it. And for two years, I was a lone wolf. Nobody else in the city of Philadelphia was writing on walls. Mm. There was no great, I mean, you may have a spat here, spat here, but there was not a, a fanatic. Mm. I was considered a fanatic who no balance with recognition. Nobody thought like that. Yeah. Um, and then you met and, Titty. Is it Titty? So, How do you pronounce that? Yeah, T-I-T-Y. So I'm coming in. I never caught the bus going there. I walked everywhere, man. You can't, you can't get down catching no bus. I, I, didn't, I didn't catch a bus going nowhere. I walked all, all over the city. And I was coming in one night, and I seen these guys on the corner, on the corner of my block, busting on each other. I just, I, I've been down in YDC almost two years. And a lot of the neighborhood had changed. A lot of guys that came in, a lot of people moved into the neighborhood. These guys in the corner, I didn't know. So I said, well, I said, nobody was busting. They sound funny. I stood by this and I got my laugh off. So I walked across the street to a big blank wall. I'm going to let these guys know who I am. Mm. I wrote cornbread. So they came across the street like, whoa, that's you, that's you. I said, yeah. I said, where you from, man? Where you live around here? I said, where y'all from? I live around here. Do y'all live around here? They said, yeah. Where were you been? I was, I was about to, I just come home. I've been away. So my boy Titty, he said, can I write my name? He wrote, he wrote T-I-T-Y. And he wrote the M, the Delta Phi Soul. So I said, well, what is that? What does that, what does, what does that mean? They, but they weren't gang members. They were fraternity. Mm. I was really fraternity. I, I you know, well, I was a, I was in a fraternity, man, too. And then I understand the... Uh, um... This is the Philly Street fraternity. Okay. Yeah. The, real, the real fraternity did not accept us. Mm. They did not accept us because we were from the street. We were flamboyant. We, had, we, didn't, have the, we didn't have the intellectual air about us. And we were hustlers. We were street hustlers. We were hooligans. But we adopted their names. Mm. The city like of Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia during the, during the mid-60s, 150,000 teenagers involved themselves in a social uprise. They adopted college fraternity names to identify themselves. Mm. This was the man. movement. This was the movement all over the city of Philadelphia. I see. I'm going to bring up our, this. Annual, I... our, annual, our annual convention. There's you a there? picture. Yeah, there's, yep. a pic there's a picture of it right here. We're I'm just putting, putting a picture up yeah. of the. Uh... Delta Soul. Delta Soul. And, and, and at that time, um, that was like the end of the Vietnam War. Um, the streets was changing from what it used to be. I am the last of the old and the very beginning of the new. Yes, yes, definitely. Well, now, wait a second. So who was, was it Titty that wrote Titty? Uh, let me get to that. Let me get to that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of you. Go ahead. Let me get to that. So... They wrote, I wrote cornbread. They came over. So Titty said, damn, I didn't know that was you, man. 
He said, can I write my name? I gave him, I gave him, I gave him a spray paint. He wrote Titty. I wrote the Emma, Delta Fossil. And I said, what is that? What, 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 what does that mean? He said, that's a street fraternity. That's who we are. You know, he said, when you live in the neighborhood, man, why don't you join us? We ain't no gang. We ain't, we ain't no. I said, what do y'all do? We have social love with parties. We have, we wear on excursions. We dress up. We party. We go across the Tulsa city. We, we dance battles against other, uh, against other clubs. Come on and join us, man. I would love to join you. So I got yeah. in, you know. So um, first thing Titty want to know is, when you going out again? I said, I go out all the time. He said, can I go out with you? I said, come on. You like, I need a partner. Come on with me. So I start writing corn. When I start writing corn, I write my name real big, large, and legible. I take my time, right? And Titty would write T-I-T-Y, 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 all around corn period. I didn't think anything. I didn't think he had anything on his mind. I didn't think nothing of it. And every time I write cornbread, T-I-T-Y, T-I-T-Y, all the mouth. And that was his thing. That was his thing, right? So um, we out one day and Titty writes, Titty, king of the walls. Me and Titty have been together two months. I've been, I've been doing this two years. I said, Titty, what you call yourself doing, man? He said, what? You can't write no king of the world. I've had my name when you write yours, Brent. At my home. No, no, I just met you, man. We've been doing it about 60 days, man. You know, already you write, we can't, no, you can't do that, did you? You can't, uh, we are like you and everything. We can't. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just brought oh, yeah, up the picture. Yeah. We were just bringing up talk. the picture. Yeah, go we ahead and talk. Yeah, about. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, not to that real personal, you know? And I said, he said, I said, Brady, you know, no disrespect, no disrespect. I said, you got to write something else. So when I wrote Cornbread, I wrote Cornbread, King of the Walls. And I told him all kings wear crowns. And I put a crown on top of my name. Mm. That was the world's first crown. Mm. You know what? A lot of people, I'll tell you right now, a lot of people associate Basquiat with that crown. So I'm happy man, we told you the story today. Man. I'm happy. Let me tell you something. No, let man, I knew that wasn't right, though, man. I knew let that. Me tell I, you I, something. I said a lot of people. Let I said me tell you something. Let 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 me tell you something. I became something I never wanted to be. I came into I came into the 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 depth the depth of drug addiction. I was that's and that's what the basketball out. That's what took Keith Harrington out. That's what took stay out. That's what took a lot of us out. I was on the verge of losing my life because I had no respect for narcotics and drugs. And um, my barber, Sub, he's a writer. He's a give me carefree hair. Bray, you look terrible, man. Come on here and get a haircut. Maybe cut my hair, be on my head. Man, you got to come back, Bray. You got to come back. You know, you got reputation when I was all over the planet. People talk about you, they talk about Jesus. And you out here, man, smoking crack, doing drugs, running back and forth to jail, acting like a crazy man. We set up a show for you to come, and we got you on the, on the headlines. All you got to be is sober. They're going to give you some money. They're going to pick you up a little limousine. You just got to be sober and show up at this show. And I thought he was bullshitting. So I goes there, and I meet Steha, right? It was crazy, man. Like, man, they came to pick me up. It was in the 67, when the way went, 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 went on the Mazin, it was a 67 um, um, station wagon. And had this crazy movements and the, the music bit out of it. We gets down there, man, I had the corn with t-shirt on. 
I guess I have to comment and they rushed me like I was a true celebrity, man. And I'm still drug crazy, but I couldn't believe I'm getting all this status treatment. And to make a long story short, I checked into the, I checked into the rehab. Um, while I was getting high, I used to be amongst people want that want to show me off. Y'all know this is? I said, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And I used to remember hearing about Basquiat and Keith Harrington. I thought they were the two um, upcoming graffiti stars whom had taken my place. Because I was in the subculture of drugs. Mm. And when I came out of it, I found out that they are the same age as my children. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, man. Not only, not only, not only did Basquiat take my crown to his grave, but Banksy got hold of my elephant. How about that? Oh my God! Let's tell that story. Yeah, because I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to tell you something. That's the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And both of them are old enough to be my children. First of all, See, I knew you. that. I knew with the look at the, the, the chronological order of things and your age and everything. I was like, I, I think Corbett was before that. Yeah. And <laughs> thank you very much, man. Thank you for. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something that. else. And I'm going to tell you something else. I want you to check your history and I want you to tell me what hip hop artist was before me. Mm. No, I, I, I definitely know. You got me uh, there, that, man. That you're, I'm, you're I'm the 52 first. years old, and he's he's. Uh, you tell me what hip hop artist is. Yeah. Let, let's, let's, hold on, let's explain to the audience though what what that means, because normally people think of hip hop, they think of rapping, and you, you know what I mean. But you know, there's four pillars of hip hop basically, and these are um, gra first of all, uh, graffiti writing. Okay, there's, that's the first. The graffiti the first is point. graffiti is the first element. Exactly, exactly, and that's where you come in, obviously. But just yes. for the audience, yes. there's uh, you know, emceeing, there's uh, DJing, uh, which I myself am a DJ, and also break breaking, basically. Break, 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 break. B-boy. Right. You know, you know, what I mean. So those are the four elements, and you know, you're the first man. Like you're the first element of hip hop that had to be established. So the answer is, uh, there were none. <laughs> is that am I correct? What you say? My, my, the answer to your question, you you asked who you know what hip hop was there before you? What hip hop artist was before me? None. What graffiti artist was before me? None. You know what I mean? There were, we we learned quite I, a few I, things. I, I start this shit. Yeah. Can, can you I, know can... what? It's something. Just a quick point I wanted to make. Um, for those of you who are uh, maybe looking into this game or getting started, or whatever, have been in for a while. If you don't claim it, if you don't take that claim and make sure that people know that, then no one's going to know that, you know? Um, that's one of the things that, that uh, you know, Mr. McCray, uh, Cornbread, has done so well is what's the very simple thing called represent. He's represented himself perfectly. He's made sure absolutely that everybody knows exactly what the hell he's talking about and that no one takes his claim and as long as you do that dude you're gonna there's that's legacy that's legacy right there and that makes you the legend of legends man can, can uh, i yes can i ask you real quick though when you were first writing 
uh, on the walls, what was your method of writing? Were you using like a marker or are you using a spray can or like what, you know? I would, I, I would, I would, I use a marker. I use a, a pencil and I just sit there and just make that pencil by my one that just stick at the marker. Um, I couldn't get a whole much spray paint at YDC, but I had, I, 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 you would, you would, you would thought it was spray paint. Well, spray paint. I just, I, yeah. <laughs> Make it big and I, just, I, I had no. I mean, I didn't just write on the walls. It was on blackboards in the office, the administration office, and the church, the visiting room, the commissary, and in the kitchen. I mean, I just made a scene. I mean, they thought I suffered from a mental, a mental deficit, Whoa. and I wanted to talk about it. And, and and I knew that all the attention I got there, I could take it to the street. You know, definitely. So definitely. I, I, you know, I got a job at Nabisco. And um, I'm going to work one day, and I always buy the newspapers where I ride, I read and ride. And I bought the newspapers, and on the front page of the newspaper, it said, Cornbread shot to death. I knew I had caused a psychological, I knew for a fact that I had caused a psychological effect on the minds of the teenage generation of Philadelphia. And there was only one cornbread. And for them, the say cornbread is shot to death, who else could they be talking about? They got to be talking about somebody else. Was that my dad? Story on page three. I go to page three and I read the fantastic career of Philadelphia best known graffiti artists came to a bar in Sunday outside a hotel and bar. I'm reading about my own death, man. I'm reading about my own death. I'm like, oh, this is some bullshit. This is some bullshit. Cornbread is dead. Cornbread is shot to death. I pulled the cord. I guess off the bus. I went to the telephone booth. I called my job Nabisco. I said, this is Daryl McCray. I won't be here today. Because <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> no, I got a straight I have an issue at hand that needs to be resolved. So I called the Daily News, the one who printed the article. I said to him, yo, y'all gotta get you gotta get your story right, man. He said, get the story right. What story are you talking about? I said the story about Cornbread's death. Cornbread is not dead. I'm Cornbread and I'm not, I'm not dead. You're an apostle, let Cornbread rest in peace. I said, you better get your story, but you hung up on me. I said, this motherfucker. I called him back. I said, look, man, you better get your story right. Look, you better find something else better to do. At the time when it's when Cornbread is going, man, let Cornbread rest in peace. He hung up on me again. And I knew I had to do something bizarre to snatch the media attention to let them know that I still exist before they put the guy who got killed in the ground. The guy got killed, his name was Cornelius. He's got his brains blood, he's laid in the street, people walking by, corn is dead, corn is shot, or well, somebody killed corn. And the media all automatically assumed the corn for Cornelius was the corn short for cornbread and erroneously announced my demise. That became a prescription for a disaster. They got to straighten this out, but they wouldn't listen to me. I, said, I, I start writing, the real cornbread is not there, but it didn't have no impact because the articles was in three different newspapers. So I knew I had to do something to snatch the media. I'm not trying to get the, get the public attention. I'm thinking I got to get the media because the media is going to feed the public. Yes, sir. I came to a conclusion 
to go to the zoo and bomb the whole fucking zoo out. Why? The zoo is a tourist attraction. I'm going to make the newspapers. I go to the zoo. I got my spray paint with me. And I, I just went there on a humbug. And I wasn't really prepared. I just went there. But when I got there, it wasn't cool to do shit. Like it was at the middle of the day. You know, it's kind of crowded. Um, so I start just walking around. I seen these people muttering around the, the pit where the um, elephant is at. So I goes over to see what got the attention. And this guy's down in the pit with the elephant, taking pictures with the elephant. He's holding on to his, to his, uh, his, his trunk. He's tucking on his ears. You know, he's making contact with, with his torso. And I'm looking at the elephant. I'm a little guy, he's taking pictures for everybody. And the first thing I thought was, this elephant must have came from the circus. In order for this guy to make human contact with him. And I'm thinking, if I can get Nazu with that elephant, like this guy is, and write my name on that fucking elephant, that I'd be in court without the fucking grave. I went to that zoo. I watched that zoo. I watched that elephant for, for three days on, for three days. And I watched this guy interact with I could have jumped in the pit and started throwing some peanuts or something. He, he was like, so I, I decided to go there. The third day, I woke up. I said, I'm going in that pit. It was about 6 30 in the morning. I live about eight blocks from the zoo. I went to the zoo, went to the back of the zoo, climbed over the fence, walked down to the, into the enclosure where he was at. I hopped into the pit. I walked up to him. I took the spray paint top off. I saw He would click it. He turned around, looked at me, act like I wasn't there. <laughs> I walked up to him, I wrote, cornbread lives. He just did. I wasn't, I, I was, I was, I wasn't on a, on a thrall about it because I was expecting some action, some drama. It was a piece of cake. I ran around to another side of the room, cornbread lives. That one shit. So I came out the pit and I, you know, I just started fucking the whole zoo up, man. I just bombed the whole zoo out. Now, having came out that pit and went straight to the turnstile and left the zoo, I would have got away. I got locked up for that. I came out that pit and I started bombing the whole zoo. I was going to get such and stairs and trees and, and oh, nuts, no. tables, water fountains, and other animal houses. <laughs> I would bomb the bitches. I ride this fuck the whole zoo up. Somebody was in that zoo, man, and see what I was doing and called the cops. By the time I got, by the time I got to the term exit, the term started to come out. Joop, 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 joop. Don't run, motherfucker. Don't run. Put hands up in there, put hands up in there. They locked my ass up, man. They take me to the police station. I was up all that night trying to, trying to make that zoo in the morning. So I want to get this arrest. The whole time I'm there, man, the whole time I'm in the juvenile holding cell, every five minutes, every 10 minutes, which one of y'all is cornbread? I said, over here, kid, give me an autograph. All cops is coming to get my autograph all fucking deep. <laughs> 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 That was some shit, man, you know. Hey, that's awesome. And I do that, man. Like, I got struck. I, I, I became a, a, a glut. I love to read about myself in the newspapers. 
all this started in the YDC. This is my way of setting the world on fire. Damn. You weren't done, man. You weren't done, yeah. were you? That was, that was just the beginning. That was just the beginning. It was I could go on and on and on and on. And it's like, it, it, I mean, I mean, six, I'm a 68. This shit don't stop, man. man okay, so the, the another um before uh before we get to um some of the really uh great things that you've done for some of the youth, uh, which is very cool. Um Mr. McCray has, has been speaking to youth uh, about graffiti and everything, and uh, you helped with uh, you helped establish what became a mural company. You know, and they wanted you to do uh, the anti-graffiti thing. But wait, before I'm, we do that, before we get to that, <laughs> um, I just I just got to know um, what it felt like as you were walking up to the airplane <laughs> while no one else was paying attention. They were all busy watching. No, no, Go ahead no. with that one, please. On that, on, on, on that, when that elephant, um, they talked about me like they talked about Jesus, and, 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 and the more they, the more they talked about me, the more I wrote, and um, the DJ radio radio DJ Georgie Woods announced that the Jackson Five was coming to Philly to do a show, a battle. Against the five stand stops. And if you was like a publicity stunt, if you wanted to meet them, you could meet, greet them and shake their hands and take some pictures at the airport. Back then, if um, high rollers came to town, um, they didn't have to worry about 9 11 because there was not. You could come out grab the guitar man, and meet the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And it was like that, you know, yeah. things that's interesting. And Georgia was announced would be people to come to the airport and meet the Jackson Five. Well, I looked at this as an opportunity for me. I don't want to go to meet them. I want to ride on the vehicle they came in. <laughs> I want to ride on that jet. I knew that if I rode on this elephant and I tagged this jet, that would make me the elite graffiti artist of the world. I mean, you can write on all, you can do all the murals, you can do all the, I mean, I'm not putting on any other artists because, you know, uh, when it started, it was really ugly. It was really ugly. It was, oh, let me go, we can come back to that. Um, I went down to the airport. There must have been about 60, 70 people down here. And the plane came in at idle. The steps let down. Michael came to the stop the stairwell. He threw a kiss everybody. And everybody went ballistic, screaming and hollering. Michael, Tito, Marlo, Jackie, and Jermaine came down the stairwell, going through the crowd. It was total chaos. He was screaming and hollering. I mean, it was just everything out of, there, out of control. And in the midst of the confusion, I ran up the steps, held onto the rail, and rolled cornbread on the jet. When nobody paid me, no, there was all attentions on the time. I came down the steps, walked into the terminal, and got myself a seat. And I don't know, I watched this plane take off with my name on it. I said, about two hours. About two hours. I was not going to leave my seat. When the propellers went around, the plane backed out. I said, this shit is going down. This shit is going down. <laughs> they backed out, and it made that turn. And a lot of became and eventually became airborne. And I see my name on that plane. Mm. Now, who gonna fuck with the elephant in the jet? 
Hey, man. The concept, like I said, you can't. I mean, these days, you just like you said, you know, when when someone comes in on on an airplane, you can't even get into the the terminal, you know, because you can't go past security or anything. But back in the day, you know, walk right up to the jet, walk right up to the airplane and everything. So you just, (laughs) there's no way you could ever do that again. Ever and, not and, even and, come and, close. And I, I was a I was a glut for publicity, man. I would love to read about myself in the newspapers, and I would do anything by any means necessary to make that happen. Mm. And one time, um, they didn't they didn't recognize me. I went out my way to make this make this make make do some shit, man. Um, I went to my, my 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 buddy Kelly House. He lived in High Rise Projects, the Twenty Third and Love, and and I gave. Kelly twenty dollars and a blank gum with some blank pellets. He said, "What's this for, Bree?" I said, "I'm going downstairs to call the cops. When the cops come, I want you to take these buckets and start shooting at these motherfuckers." He said, "What's wrong with you?" He said, "Why, why, why should I do some shit like that?" I said, "Kelly, they're fucking blanks. You're not going to hurt nobody. All you want to do is draw the cops into the building." When they come to the building, come find out where the shot's coming from, they go leave their vehicles unattended. I'm going to fuck them up. I'm going to fuck them vehicles. I'm going to fuck them cop cars up. Go do it, bread. Go do it, bread. So I goes downstairs. I call the cops. I tell the cops, the gang members beat this guy. I have to death. If you better get up it fast before you have a homicide on your hands. Two cops showed up. Bullshit. That's not enough cops, man. <laughs> That's not enough cops. So come and start shooting. Pow, 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 pow. Where does Justin Johnson coming from? He reloads. Pow, 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 pow. Back up, back up. More cops start coming. I said, that's what I'm talking about. And Kelly, now I told, I told Kelly, when they come in the building, go downstairs to your apartment. This is the building. This is the apartment building. Although on top of you live is vacant, right? So when they come in the building, it's going downstairs, go in your house, and close your door. <laughs> So, so they, they, they start coming to the building. Man, Kelly's going to lose. Pow, 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 pow. Right? So when they come in the building, Kelly come on downstairs, go to his apartment, close the door. And I start tearing up their vehicles, cop cars and the paddy wagons. It comes to the, to the, with the place where the shots are being fired and some of the posts on the floor. Oh, this is some bullshit. <laughs> they, could put, they could put two and two together. So they got back downstairs and said my name on all the vehicles. <laughs> that's awesome I, it was too many vehicles i ride on to take off the street so they're riding around in north philly police cornbread but that was never publicized they never publicized that because they did not want a teenage copycat effect defacing of police vehicles yeah that's smart that's very smart of them you know, you know, but I, also I, very, very clever of you. I think. Yeah, but but I was, I was, I was, I, I, I mean, the people that seen it knew about it, but I wanted, I wanted to be publicized. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, now, what they did publicize, <laughs> there was a skyscraper, right with it. Well, I don't know if you, if you know about the this, uh, the sites of a closed pen site at, at 15th and Market, right across the street from City Hall, and that that has a um, a building that's under construction. I was coming from the movies and um, I walked past this, this, this construction site and I looked up, a 40-story building still under construction. So I kept over the fence and I walked to the elevator shaft and that takes the material up floors, upstairs. And I went to the 40th floor 
I got on 44 floor, man, and I just thought fucking everything. It's like, about the massive slab of concrete, corn brick, king of the walls, this, the, the steel beams, the steps, the stairwell, the elevator. I mean, from one floor to another, I just walked this start fucking it up, just start fucking shit up. <laughs> Architects had to work the next day, and they was hysterical. This motherfucker. That made the newspapers. That made the newspapers. Yeah, yeah, that was just. You know, with today's today, obviously back in the day, the goal was to you know get get on the newspaper or on the television or something like that. There was just like you know only a few avenues that you can really get publicity. Right? It's so right. different nowadays. You, you know what I mean? Like. Well, but you and, know what? Here's another thing too, though. If you were doing what he did back then, nowadays you're done. You know what I mean? There's there's no way you could ever get away with that. Um, actually, you know when I got started. Um, I had done some research and, and looked up all that the signs nothing. and everything. See, I, I, I don't want to cut you off. That was nothing yeah. what I got with. Do you know a guy's actually was a that still exists today? Here's a killing culture. Guys literally got a, got away with taking people's lives. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Live with that and live with that. That's getting away with something. And exactly. have no have no yeah. have no conscience. Have no conscience. You know, yeah. I, 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 they're called sociopaths. You know, I, you were talking earlier, and I just want to revisit this. You're talking earlier about you felt like it was even more dangerous back then than it was now. Could you kind of like go into like a little bit more detail? Because obviously a lot of the people uh, listening to this podcast, you know, they didn't experience, uh, you know, in, in the in the 60s and 70s, that period of time. Yeah, like I said, when I got arrested, it was, they, they had changed the laws recently and they had moved the fines up and everything. And it was crazy. But it was not like back when when you were going so can you explain, like, you know, when you mean it was it was more dangerous back then? Philadelphia, Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia used to be the murder capital of the world. Mm. Yes. Um, that title now, I guess, it belongs to Chicago. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's back here. Maybe it's back here again. But um, the the city of Philadelphia is a bunch of neighborhoods. And every neighborhood meet man about three or four different gangs. Wow. And I mean, like, we eventually eradicated the gangs because um, people got tired of the killing, the stabbing, the murderous guy who was killing each other for, for reputations. And thank God I came through the rings with, 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 with the guys when we were adolescents. You know what I'm saying? I knew this guy because if you had a reputation, somebody take your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just and, to and, absolutely and, gain their and, reputation. And they right? were, they were guys. They were guys out to kill somebody just to be killing somebody. Mm, wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, if you have a gang caught you, and they say, "Where are you from?" I say, "I ain't from nowhere." Click, before they took it back. Get nowhere. The biggest gang. The, the, the biggest. You, you may do it your life, but get get beat get beat half to death because you say you're from nowhere. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was real dangerous coming up. It was coming up, man. It was real dangerous. Fell off. It was so dangerous. It was the, the, the murder came of the world, and the gangs controlled the streets. Mm. It's crazy. So, like, at least Did something happened. Can you still see me? Yeah, we can still see you. Can you still see yes. us? Yeah, I can see. Yeah. Okay, awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. The gang, oh, the gang, the gang controlled the streets, and when, um. The hip hop movements took place. I say hip hop because everything that happened, that's happening in New York, um, the break dancing, um, the rapping, the graffiti, all that, 
that was in Philly. But the graffiti was so ugly. People's right now, people are homes, businesses, cars, churches. I mean, the, me the media created a monster when they promoted me to be the, the street artist that I, that I, the monster that I was. And everybody seen, well, he can make the newspaper, get the full coverage like that for writing his name. I can do that and I can do it better. Tens oh of thousands, tens of thousands of writers came out of the cracks of the walls. Philadelphia was the graffiti capital of the world. It was terrible. But we had a movement here, man. We dressed up, dancing, rapping. I can rap. I can rap. I was rapping before rapper was rapping. That's what we was doing here. I love it. We had a, we had a, a convention at Atlanta City. Um, 150,000 teenagers that involved themselves in a social uprise. We all convened in Atlanta City before the casinos was built. Mm. All the hotels before the casinos was built, we consumed. And every hotel had a ballroom. And every ballroom, there was a battle. They were all Philly street fraternity. Mm. That was the first wave of the hip hop revolution. <laughs> Nobody backed us. Nobody invested the money in us. That was the first wave of the hip hop revolution. When that movement migrated to New York, New York put a title on it and called it what? They called it hip hop. Yep, yep, yep. The foundation was already established. Mm, I love that. But you, I had, but you had, you had investors, you had bankers, you had people with money, you had, you had um, drug dealers investing into that culture. We didn't get that. Nobody invested in us about anything. New York is the media capital of the world. Anything that they do is magnified. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you got that right. Can, can I ask you? Can I ask you? We always talk about music on this uh, podcast as well, too. Now, back in the day, what in, what kind of music were you listening to? Were you listening to like some James Brown stuff, or like what 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 was on your playlist? If like, uh, what was your favorite music? Yeah, it was, it was James Brown. We was, we, we used to tear James Brown up. And we dressed up. And we dressed up. We dressed up. You talk the the, the breakboard, the cha cha, the, the sword fight. The, I mean, all that, all that. We was doing all that before I got to New York home. We you was doing the book. That was Philly, Philly, Philly uh, street fraternity. That's mm. the first wave of the hip hop revolution. We didn't have no blankets, no lawyers and bankers and investors that invest money in us. New it was York a pure did. movement. It was a pure movement, basically. Yeah, yeah, you, you know. Yeah from the counterculture basically and i love that man um you know I'm, I'm just thinking when i think back on james brown's music i mean that is hip-hop man they just called it funk back then basically yes, you, know? Yes, you know when you're yes, saying when yes. he's saying Get you're not the first up. you're not the first person saying that yeah yeah definitely <laughs> man you know so i mean i just felt i have a you know love for that period of time just music for some reason like you know uh, you know it was just bubbling at that point in time there was so much talent you know i think it's because like you know all their influences were so good at that time that they could do nothing except for release like fantastic music man because you're pulling right. from all these wonderful influences you, you know what i mean and then Mom. the go ahead go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, and then the money started pouring in and then i feel like mediocre talent kind of started coming up and then whenever there's money involved you know there's a quick people are trying to make a quick buck and like i said there's just you know hip-hop has become so different than I feel like what it was 
the roots of it, the four pillars of it these days. You know what I mean? A lot of it has different mixed messaging nowadays. I mean, how do you feel about that? Well, I know one thing for sure and two things for certain, hip hop did not start at the top. <laughs> hip hop started in the street. Yep. With yes. poor people, with poor people, that became a way of life. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, now, if you do your history, you'll find that when, I'm a, I, I use the word hip hop, but we, we just, we call the street, we call the uh, street clubs. Um, when we went to a not, when we, I don't know if I'm trying to do it. When we, we, we don't. Like block and, parties and things like that, basically the DJs just come, you know, brings the turntable. Oh, I know, I know. When we were doing, when we were doing nothing in the, in the mid sixties, I remember we used to go to New York and I used to be amazed by watching the drug addicts run amok in New York because it was so plentiful. The movies, American Gangster with Denzel Washington. Yes, one of my favorites. So that's, real, that's a true story. He went, to, he went to Vietnam. He came back with top grade heroin and strung out everybody in New York. We used to go to New York and they used to walk around like zombies, man. You know what I'm saying? That was how that was that what was going on in the streets of New York. But Philadelphia had hundred fifty thousand teenagers involving themselves in a social uprise. And we just danced, we rap, we, we we party, we dressed up, we rehearsed. That was the first wave of the hip hop revolution. When that movement migrated to New York, it was the same. It was the same foundation. They just put a title on it, called it hip hop. But we were overlooked. Because we did not have investors, we didn't have drug dealers who invested money into the culture. It was, wasn't like that. But yeah. it started in New York. I mean, it started in Philly. Many people don't understand that. New, especially yeah, New York, New York. I give New York all the all the love, all the credit. They did it much, 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 much better than we did because they had the money. We didn't. Mm. It was more. Uh, it was more. Uh, became a little bit more palatable and commercial compared to yes. kind of the underground vibes right. underground right. vibes that the philly scene was bringing basically and you right. know a lot of people don't know i mean on the east coast it's like philly jersey you, you know new york these are all like very connected like tri-state area basically you know people go up to parties i go to philly fashion all the time <laughs> yeah exactly man well well hey you know, you know teach do you have anything else you want to ask uh uh you know, Mr. Cornbread, because it's been such an honor today and we're, we're you know, we don't want to take up too much of his time today. And it's been so awesome having a... yeah, we've already gone. Past <laughs> yeah, hour, seriously, so. man. But you know what? Next time I'm just like... very, very grateful uh, for your time. And, uh, you know, if you could just go over right quick what you're doing now with the with the, the, the youth um, efforts you're making to, to speak with the youth, uh, you know, um, you know, um, what I, I like about February a lot is um, February is the Black History Month, and I go to a lot of schools and I speak. You know, a lot of um, kids done essays and done exams on me, and um, I'm writing a book. Um, I do a lot of traveling. I've been to Spain. I've been to um, Amsterdam. I've been to Germany. I'm going back to Boston, possibly in Paris. I do a lot of traveling. Um, just what I told Mrs. Swanson. They were holding on Better late than never. Um, um, when is not going for done? I think that fame is no fortune and fame go hand in hand. You know, um, I think there will probably be a movie made about me. Um, I don't want to be made while I'm 
pushing daisies. I want to sit in the audience and watch it myself. You know, mm. I want to um, enjoy the fruits of my labor. Um, I seen. I was really impressed with Banksy when Banksy did his documentary on the HBO. I was just, oh my god, man! Are you talking about exit through the gift shop, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's so awesome to see. I, I feel like you know. He, he's paid homage to you, basically, uh, you know, with his elephant. In, in I a, reckon in a sense. Him, he, he, him, him and Boswell. Him, they both did. They both yeah. did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And you and, know what? And I, want him, I want him to, to, to have that crown, and we can talk about it when I get there. Nice. <laughs> I love Absolutely. that, man. You know, you know what, man? I'm going to say this live on the air, man. I'm, I mean, you know, this has been such an awesome experience. And um, we're going to we, we talked on the phone a little bit beforehand and you talked to me about wanting to do a show out here. And yeah. uh, and basically, I'm going to I'm going to make that I'm, I'm going to work with you and make that happen. And, uh, um, in, you know, like I said, we're going to put together some resources. And, you know, what I would like to do actually is invite you out here, um, we'll fly you over. And, uh, you know, we'd love to have an in-person in the studio conversation with you next time. And, you know, maybe grab a little cut with a few of the other writers that are legendary around L.A. and kind of have a dialogue with you, man. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that yeah. would be awesome, man. I, yeah, you know, yeah. I kind of discuss a little bit about this. And yeah. uh, like I said, we, we've had one hundred and seventy plus episodes of this uh, podcast, and we'd love to kind of invite you to be a, more of a regular on the show, man. You, you know, be a voice that kind of just like, uh, um, you know, updates us on what you're doing, but also just like, hey, we may have some questions we want to ask you about what your thoughts are because you're the original, you know. So, uh, um, like I said, I, I love legend, my man. Ex exactly, and everybody listening to this podcast, I mean, we, you know, we, we just gained so much more, you know, credibility, credibility because we have you on, man. So I want to thank you personally. Hey, well, look, I got some t-shirts on to say you guys, man. What's that shirt you wear? Uh, yeah, I, I you know, we're, I'm we're, a large. I'm good, with large, yeah. I'm good with the large too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good nice. with the large too. I'm gonna I'm 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 send you my email. Uh, I'll give you the price. Send me that. Send me send me the money for the night. Of send course, me of course. We'll buy some for our Patreon patrons too. And then, uh, you, you know, like I said, man, we're we're gonna do some more projects, man. All right. So okay. I I, I, I love. Not you, man. Yeah, you know, you're gonna come out here, and I, like yeah. I said, I'm, I'm gonna fly you out here, man. And then, like, we're you're, you're, you know what I mean? We're gonna have a we're gonna have a few projects, so we'll talk about that over email, man. So, uh, thank you so much, man, for coming on thank the you. show today, man. Right. Appreciate Peace. you, man. All right, uh, can can we drop your social real quick, just so we can have the uh, uh, audience follow you? What you want to do? Uh, oh, your Instagram. Um, your I can reach. I can be reached at Cornbread One. The number, the number, cornbread one Philly at gmail.com. Yeah, and cornbread, cornbread one Philly at gmail.com. I got a lot, got a lot of things for sale too. Yeah, Contact. and cornbread the legend is his Instagram. So go ahead and give him a follow, man. And then we're going to talk a little bit over more over email and future projects. But thank you so much again. Uh, we yes, appreciate sir. you. All right. All right. The audience, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us at PTTP Show. Love you guys. Take care and peace. Peace. peace.